Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Time on with Sam Edmund. Yes, good evening, everyone. We're now into time on on Monday, March 29. I'm Sam Edmund. I hope you've had a great day. If it's been a hectic one and you're just getting in the car, the train, the bus, or you just got yourself home from work... Well, here's everything you need to know from the world of sport. We like to start time on off with the bulletin board. Is Giants defender Sam Reid breathing a sigh of relief this evening? Now, the Giants stopper has been offered a two-week suspension for rough conduct following that incident with Fremantle captain Nat Fife. Now, the incident was assessed as careless conduct High contact, but most importantly, only, and I say only, high impact. It wasn't assessed as severe, despite Nat Fife clearly being knocked out. And Nat Fife will definitely, obviously, miss the round three game against Carlton at Marvel Stadium this Sunday under the new concussion protocols. We will dip our feet in the water a little bit more on this as the hour unfolds. Speaking of the tribunal and the match review process, Geelong earlier today decided not to challenge Gary Rowan's two-match ban for striking lock. Neal. So for that off-the-ball act that Chris Scott said he was comfortable with, well, the club had a different view this morning and they've neglected to not take it to the tribunal. The Brisbane Lions, well, they remain in Melbourne indefinitely. They'll play Collingwood at Marvel Stadium, not the Gabba, this Thursday night. The AFL this morning confirming they had swapped the fixture. So the Lions-Pies returning round 22 game to take place at the Gabba instead of Marvel now. And you do feel for Brisbane. This is a huge moneymaker for the Lions. Easter Thursday, their biggest uh, moneymaker of the season. This is the one they request. But of course, they had the charmed run last season, didn't they? I'm sure they'll deal with this uh, a little change in schedule, just fine. But they'd like Oscar McInerney there, of course, wouldn't they? The Ruckman is struggling to overcome an ankle injury that saw him subbed out of that controversial loss to Geelong. Now, if you had tickets to the Gabba game, you're eligible for the refund, or you can keep it until round 22. And if you are keen to go this Thursday to Marvel, tickets for that game go on sale tomorrow. Now, Oscar McInerney's opposite number this week, Brody Grundy, well, he has his own problems. The Collingwood big man missing training today with illness. Jordan Degoe was also isolated away from the team with his own virus, but a somewhat terse Nathan Buckley today said both would play Brisbane at Marvel Stadium. No, it's not a big issue. This is probably happening across the competition at every club every week. Um, but now that I've put it on camera for you, please make it blow it up. <laughs> yeah, they're playing. To Formula One, Daniel Ricciardo finished seventh at the season opening Bahrain Grand Prix. He was outshone by teammate Lando Norris, who came home fourth. Mercedes star, seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton, did what he does quite often. He took the chequered flag. He has been put under immense pressure by Max Verstappen and Red Bull here tonight. Sir Lewis Hamilton, as he is now, crosses the line and wins the Bahrain Grand Prix. Yes, he did. Matilda's captain, Sam Kerr, scored another brace for Chelsea in the Women's Super League in the UK. Make it 14 for the season now for Sam Kerr. Her Aussie teammate, Hayley Razo, bagged a hat-trick for Everton. Ash Gardner has struck a defiant half-century to inspire the Aussies to a six-wicket win in the opening match of their T20 series against New Zealand in Hamilton. 
Morrison. But before we move off from the bulletin board, that Reid sanction confused me a bit. I don't know if you're with me here or not. It was high and not severe, despite Fife being knocked out. Now, the terminology I've been given and what Michael Christian used, he said the impact gradient in, uh, grading includes the look of the incident, the speed at which the player is travelling, the impact and how the player is affected by it. Now, contrary to what many of us have thought, concussion is not automatic severe impact. The situation last week, and perhaps this is the devil in the detail here, when it comes to Jake Kelly, I'm told that was a far more severe outcome according to the medical reports that are not for public consumption at the moment but that were filed. So basically the AFL is saying that Jake Kelly was far worse off, even aside from the broken nose, than what Nat Fife was. Just before we get to your feedback on this, this is contrary to what a lot of us thought were coming and the day started with this uh, pretty strong opinion set of opinions from Gary Lyon and Tim Watson on SEM Breakfast. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if this goes to the tribunal mm-hmm. and he gets a four- to six-week penalty. Do you view this as worse than danger well, on I do. Kelly last week? I do. the ball or the kicking the ball in this instance, and this one was off the ball. And pick him, yeah, I don't know, picking him off. I reckon maybe Sam Reid in the end would, is going to be surprised at how hard he hit him. Like... He contact, got him flushed, didn't he? He flushed him. Yeah. And, and he has to take the, has to wear that responsibility. So, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a very hefty uh, suspension. Well, it wasn't, was it? It was two weeks, not the tribunal, not the minimum three that uh, was the fate that hit Patrick Dangerfield. Plenty bubbling today, isn't there, on a Monday here in the, the, our little bubble that is AFL football. So let's grab a jumper, shall we? We're in this together for the next hour. You can join us, one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen is the temper text machine number. And on Twitter, we can be found at time on SEN. Stuart's in Mernda. You want to open the batting there for us, Stu, when it concerns Sam Reid's bump? Yes, mate. How are you? I'm going well. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Uh, I just thought uh, the responsibility comes on um, Fife a little bit. Um, he was... Um, he wasn't looking in front of him. He was just sort of daydreaming uh, to the side... And if he had been looking in front of himself, he would have just rode that bump. Maybe, Stuart, but that doesn't mean he deserves to be sent into next week and smashed in the head, though, does it? Really? No, I didn't say that. But I'm saying, as a player, sometimes you get caught out. You're not looking straight ahead. Yep. And it it was that type of situation with five. And I reckon it's a 50 50, like it was a hard hit. Flushed probably him, didn't two weeks, probably, probably two weeks is all right. No, I appreciate the call, Stuart. Off the text from Joel. Hey, Sam, what was Sam Reid's alternative to not bump? I thought every hit that ends in concussion is severe. Joel, that's what I... Well, that's almost what we've been conditioned to expect, isn't it? We thought that was the cutoff. And many of you will think, well, what what is severe if concussion doesn't equate to severe? But they're saying the devil's in the detail of the medical reports. Cameron's on the Sunshine Coast. Cam, you want to talk about Gary Rowan and the non-challenge from Geelong? G'day, Sammy. How are you, brother? How are you going all right? Thank you. A um, little, bit, little bit frustrated as a Geelong supporter. I think it's absolutely disgusting on the Geelong Football Club not to challenge the Gary Rowan uh, two-week suspension. They went out of their way to try to get Patrick's danger field, which was never going to get reduced. The AFL was never going to let that slide. He was going to get his three weeks. And then Gary Rowan's act, I've sat there and watched it time after time after time. 
and it's a bloke who's about maybe two and a half, three inches taller, who's got about 10 kilos on him, who puts his arm and what throws him to the ground. And it's a hit, yes, it's a hit to the chest with a forward momentum to go to the ground. He doesn't even hit his jaw. If he hit his jaw... It would have been a lot, lot worse than him just getting up and having the ability to go to the umpire three weeks, three weeks. I think it's disgusting. The fact that he gets two weeks for that. You talk about the Fife incident two minutes ago, and he cops that. The, the bloke who laid him out, who went out of his way to lay him out, hmm. gets two weeks. I, I just can't believe it. I really can't believe it. If you watch the footage time and time and time, I've got 20 times I've watched it, mate, and he doesn't go anywhere near his door. It's disgusting that the Geelong Football Club and Chris, Ego, Chris Scott needs to drop his ego and stop trying to chase things that aren't there. He goes and bloody employs and gets two old blokes to come to our side to win him a premiership. What sort of bloody disdain do you think that's going to put through the club when Gary Rowan's there? And it's a very, very challengeable incident, but they go and try to sort out their superstar to get him a week reduced when they got the bloke should be walking scot-free. Cam, love your passion. Love your passion. You've cast the net far and wide. I can uh, certainly hear it in your voice. For the record, uh, Michael Christian, when it came to Gary Rowan, he assessed it as intentional conduct, medium impact and high contact. So that's a two-match sanction as a first offence. And uh, as I said, Chris Scott, he said he was comfortable with it on the night after the game. So you would have thought an appeal was coming, a tribunal date booked in, but not to be. The Cats have decided to swallow the two weeks. And as has been pointed out off the text, the, the concerning element for many of us was it was so far off the ball. And we know the AFL hate off-the-ball incidents, and for good uh, for good measure too, given the message that that sends. Uh, let's go to Tom in South Australia. You want to talk about the Blues there, Tom? <coughs> Yeah, mate. If you can give me a few minutes, my opinion. Far away. Where where this where this club's going, and we'll get your opinion. I'm I'm a, I'm a long time supporter, mate, and we've lost that. Back in where we strong to with that all clubs used to fear us, and all this. What's happened? My opinion. We're we're too nice. The players, the players we got, not to be ruthless and king here. We haven't got enough grunt, apart from Cripps and Young Walsh. We're, a couple of calls on the weekend, they were saying the same, and I agree with them. Mm. From the start, when Trigg got Bolton, nothing against the guy. Hey, all nice and all this. From there, Teague's, he's, um, what's happening now with goals getting kicked, you know, from last year too. And that's... I don't know what's going on with that club. It's no fear anymore. It's lost it. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, Tom. Appreciate your call, and I, and I understand your disappointment would be echoed right across uh, the navy blue contingent. Certainly, defensively, they've got some real issues at the moment. The Blues that they need to to tidy up. And gee, Justin Lepich was fascinating listening on Crunch Time on SEN here on the on Saturday pregame, talking about the way Carlton move the ball offensively doesn't help them defensively as well, and that perhaps the way the game's being played at the moment doesn't help their best player in the form of Patrick Cripps. And let's just get to Patrick Cripps now, if we can, as part of the big issue for tonight on Time On. Paddy Cripps is playing hurt. Now, I know people are sick to death of an alibi when it comes to Patrick Cripps, but the fact of the matter is he's being plagued at the moment by an injury that he's requiring weekly injections, I'm told, to get him to the start line. Now, I've been told by club sources tonight that if this was a pre-season time of the year, December, January, even February, then Paddy Cripps would be put on ice for four to six weeks. But this injury, this mystery injury 
has uh, got him playing hurt. Now, he's having injections every week to get there. He played well round one, certainly wasn't himself come round two, and Carlton's in their best interest as well to keep putting him out there. The Blues have just got to get on the winner's list, starting with an under-strength under Fremantle this weekend as well. So it's a crucial game. They don't have the luxury of putting him uh, out to pasture. And I'm told that the injury, there's no risk of it getting worse with him going out there. So he's just got to put up with it. Speaking of injuries as well, we'll talk a little bit about Essendon after our first break out of 6.15 as well. They are in a world of hurt at present. But you're welcome to have your say on anything we've already discussed. Chris is in uh, Geelong. Chris, you want to talk about the COVID issue when it comes to the Brisbane Lions? I do, Sam. I'm a Carlton supporter, but I just wanted to say at the moment, Cooper with that injury is a bit of a liability so maybe missing a couple gives him a spell and with uh, five sitting out it might be like for like but anyway they'll keep playing him. In relation to the Brisbane Lions saga now this is not really their fault because of the COVID issues in Brisbane but that was a massive loss for them the other night against the Cats because they're now zipping two uh, if it was in Brisbane on Thursday night you'd almost back them with that parochial crowd up there to beat Collingwood. Now it's at Marvel with the pies being cock-a-hoop. If they go zipping three, then they've got the doggies who are flying next week in Ballarat. They're zipping four. Well, top four, you've got to win 15 to 16 to 17 for top four, top two, and they've got to do that at potentially the last 18 games. No, you're spot on, Chris. It's hard not to cast your, your eye ahead on the fixture, isn't it? This is a massive game for the Brisbane Lions for all the reasons you just mentioned. And they might have to stay in Melbourne as well post-Thursday night against Collingwood before this game. And the game is in Ballarat too, Mar Stadium against the Western Bulldogs. So they've got a trek out there to, to face a side that is absolutely red hot at the moment. And you're right, they could be zipping four. Round five is Essendon, hopefully at home at the Gabba. But who knows where we go in Brisbane in relation to COVID from here. So they've got to dig deep. They got a good run last year, didn't they, Chris? So this year, the shoe's on the other foot. They've just got to, to band together, don't they? And, and doesn't sound as though Oscar McInerney's going to come up, so they're going to have to find a solution in the ruck. I think we've got just enough time. We'll go to Luke on the road. Plenty of you want to have your say on the Gary Rowan incident, the Fife incidents as well when it comes to concussion. How you doing, Luke? Welcome to Time On. Oh, g'day, Sam. Thanks for taking my call. Just um, a couple of things real quick on the, uh, on the Gary Rowan issue. He can take his two weeks. It was a stupid act, far, far way off the ball. Doesn't matter how many little of those acts you do. You know, cameras will pick him up. So he can cop his right whack for that. He needs a spell anyway. Yep. Um, on on the five issue with Patrick Dangerfield in, in uh, relation to each other, I think the AFL really have to have a good hard look at themselves as far as the MO off, uh, MRO officer and the uh, and the grading they do if they're serious about concussion. Now I've played a different contact sport in my, my playing days and I suffered a lot a lot of concussions and I'm I'm very scared of what's gonna happen on in 20, 30, 50, you know, 40 years when I'm when I'm old if it's gonna affect me whatsoever. So the AFL have to you know, if there's an option for the AFL to appeal it, they have to appeal this two weeks. It's it's not enough to stop if they're serious about stopping this kind of incident and this kind of injuries to these players, as a as a as a company and as a business, they have to have the responsibility to do this. 
They have to be serious about it. They cannot accept these two weeks. Love your thoughts on this, Luke. Uh, I'm with you too. And I know people will have uh, opinions from one side to the next on, on the suspension that Sam Reid has got this evening being the two weeks. But I'm shocked. I thought it would have been more, to be honest. And and I was, like many of you, conditioned to think that uh, the severe trigger was uh, caused by concussion. But apparently not. We're getting uh, told to look uh, or consider the medical reports for both uh, victims, if I can call them in this case, Jake Kelly and Nat Fife. But gee whiz, I would have thought uh, it was deserving of more more than uh, two weeks. That's just my humble opinion. Gee, there's plenty floating around, plenty of your calls tonight. Uh, just off the text, I'm a D's fan, but Cripps is 100% not right. So obvious having a normal Cripps for the last two-thirds of the season beats full season of this version. Um, Cripps needs to have a spell and get right. The speed of the game is too fast. He showed last week he can't keep up. It is arrogance to the extreme if they think he can play injured. That one's from Daniel. I'd love to be able to tell you the exact nature of this injury. Trust me, I've tried to get to the bottom of it. Otherwise, rest assured, the facts are he's carrying an injury at the moment. Would normally be a four to six weeker if uh, they didn't need him so badly out there and he does need a little bit of medical assistance to get him to the start line. Hey, uh, David, sit tight. Uh, is it Choey? Sit tight up there in Brisbane and Gersel as well. Sit tight. We'll get to your calls on the other side of this break. Been a massive day in football, massive day in the world of sport. You're listening to Time On. Sam Edmund back with you after this break. Great to have your company on time on Sam Edmund with you up until seven o'clock. You're always welcome in this hour. One three hundred seven three six seven three six oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen is the temper text number. You know it well. On the show still to come this evening, we're going to debut the Coach's Corner. Now, often I think the best press conferences of the week are the ones that are done immediately after the game by our 18 coaches. And for mine, they're never really fully explored. Coaches are fresh from the heat of battle. The answers tend to be a bit more revealing than you get throughout the rest of the week. So being a Monday... Each and every week, we'll provide you with a snapshot of the key takeaways from the most relevant coaches of the weekend. So that's ahead of us after 6.30. And we'll close out the show with our regular segment, What Grinds Your Gears? You know what really grinds my gears? So it's your chance to get something off your chest. You've stewed on it all Monday, all weekend. Work and life's got in the way. Well, we'll play counsellor to whatever is grinding your gears from the weekend a little later in the show. 0433981116 if you've got something that you want to get off your your chest. Before we get to some more issues, Dave's been waiting patiently in Mernda. How are you doing there, David? Yeah, good thanks, Sam. Uh, yeah, just uh, firstly, I just wanted to um, say I was at the football on the weekend, Saturday night. Um, I sort of expressed that earlier today. The SN Stadium, um, I've got a hear impairment and wow, what, what, a, what an experience that was uh, this time. Um, I was even able to actually bring the clappers for the kids and it didn't annoy me. It annoyed someone beside me, but uh, um, yeah, I just also wanted to ring up and just talk about the Chris Scott, you know, that ugly look on the weekend, uh, the confrontation. Mm. Um, I'm sure the AFL somewhere along there would have what words were said on their mics because they generally are quite good mics. Um, if it's something that, you know, we're trying to abolish, you know, in, in society and things like that, I think the hefty fight should come along with it. Um, what's your opinion on that one? No, I didn't think it was a great look, David. Mind you, I, I, I quantify that by saying I don't think it was a huge issue, but I think the AFL are in a delicate spot here because 
this isn't a great look, but at the same time, it's probably not the end of the world. So how do they approach it from a, a please explain, quote unquote, point of view? Now, they're not too keen to provide what they call a running commentary on this other than to say that it's being worked out as we speak, David. Certainly to say, I don't think we've heard the last of it yet, but great to hear feedback on SEN Stadium as well. So for those unfamiliar, you go to the football now, you can listen to the game, commentary by the best callers in the business here at SEN via the SEN app, digital radio without the delay, which is just one of those things that come about like all great uh, initiatives you think how could we not have done this earlier it is an absolute game changer Choey's in Brisbane how you doing there Choey hope I got that right yeah that's right Sam thanks for taking the call not at all wondering whether just wondering whether um has anyone suggested that we have a we introduce a captain's challenge like the NRL they, they, totally wrong. Yeah, yeah. They have, Joey. The, the umpiring is specifically talking about the Mark Blitzarv's non-decision? Yes. Yeah, no, that that was uh, referenced. And, in fact, Dan Richardson, the, the head of uh, umpiring at the AFL, did do a, a press conference where he said that that was just simply an incorrect decision. They, they got it wrong, Joey. Yeah, but would they... Do you think there could be a push for introducing something like this? I don't know. I mean, if... It's cost them four, cost them four points, which yep. could eventually end up being a top four place. I mean, I don't support Brisbane. I'm an Essendon supporter, so I'm in the doldrums anyway. But just wanted to see if there was a push to get something introduced like this. No, it, it has been raised, actually. Justin Lefich raised this very point uh, on, on crunch time on Saturday as well, shall we? And it was held down somewhat in jest at the moment uh, for fear of us being too Americanised. But uh, no, that, that idea's been floated in, in some quarters. I'm not sure I'm on, if I'm on board with it, but uh, and I know we can't go back in time, but I, I quite like the AFL coming out and putting their hand up for the big decisions that, that they get wrong. Before we move on, let's go to Marty in Adelaide. Marty, you want to have your say on Gary Rowan? Not only Gary Rowan, the whole culture of the Geelong Football Club, Sam. They have lost the plot. Patrick Dangerfield, number one, three games. Now Gary Rowan, Chris Scott, and then the inappropriate decision in the goal square. Has he been at Geelong too long, Chris Scott? 11th year there. He won a premiership by nine in 2011, but his final circle is about six wins and 13 losses since then. I reckon he has to go, Scott. Sorry. Okay, interesting conclusion to draw from it all, Marty, but uh, appreciate your call nonetheless. We'll come to more of your calls and texts a little bit later on in the program. You know, there's been a lot of talk about injuries. Injuries are a massive factor this year. It seems this year just as much as, if not more than any year. Essendon, well, they are in a world of hurt at the moment. Now, the old saying, when it rains, it pours. It's been a challenging opening fortnight for the resetting Bombers under new coach Ben Rutten. Run over by the Hawks in round one, completely split open by Port Adelaide in round two. And now the wound is being salted by a, a bulging injury list. So you've got highly promising ruckman Sam Draper. Now that's confirmed as a syndesmosis injury. And the young ruck could miss anywhere between six to ten weeks. Jai Coldwell has a six to eight week hamstring as well. He's been one of their better players in the first uh, game in a bit. Dylan Sheen suffered a tear to his meniscus in his knee. He's going to miss four to six weeks. So there's the starting midfield. And now I'm hearing that teenage ruck backup Nick Bryan has a hamstring issue of sorts as well. And Andrew Phillips, the former Blues big man, is also injured. So two-metre Peter, Peter Wright, is going to have to ruck and step right up this weekend. Gee, the injuries at Essendon. Paddy Ambrose hasn't played since the elimination final loss to West Coast in 2019. He remains uh, a TBC to be confirmed with his foot mile. 
Michael Hurley remains sidelined indefinitely. Jake Stringer returns this weekend, and we're not saying, uh, of course, he's going to make everything okay, but at least it's something against the tide. And a side that's zipping too with St Kilda, Sydney at the SCG, and Brisbane at the Gabba, Cobra defendant, uh, dependent, of course, to come. So Essendon conceding 10 goals in the second half of round one against the Hawks. They shipped 29 scoring shots at the hands of Port Adelaide in round two. And a bit like North Melbourne, you do worry at this early stage, yes, but how ugly the season is going to get for the Bombers, don't you, at this rate, particularly being a, a poorer side in the competition when they get hit hard by the injury stick, it really does expose a soft underbelly. No soft underbelly at the Swans or the Signets as they are, the baby Swans. They are absolutely flying. What they rack up? 125 points in round one at the Gab, 121 points in round two at the SCG. They are absolutely flying. Buddy Franklin's back in action, but they're coming up against Richmond. So the player we used to swoon over, Buddy Franklin, now... They come up against the Tigers and the object of everyone's desire, Dustin Martin, circa 2021. It's going to be a fascinating game. It's on Saturday at the home of football, the MCG. Hopefully the weather's good. Traditional afternoon slot. It's going to be magnificent. What are the Swans going to do about Dustin Martin? Do they tag? Do they not tag? The weekly debate, isn't it? Well, John Longmire was asked exactly that this afternoon. Both. It's not one or the other. It's you just look at the whole entirety. I mean, we haven't got right into the planning yet. It's only Monday, so um, you know you look at the entirety of what Richmond are able to do uh, as a team. They're very, very good. Uh, clearly, they've you know they've been the best team in the competition over the last four years. So yeah, they're a very good football team. So we'll work through that and um, and see what we come up with. Is it a bit hard to have just the possibility? Anything's possible. So. We just have to work through it. I mean, we, you know, it is a Monday. Um, you know, we've started talking about it, but we're still in the review mode. Uh, we'll obviously get into that, uh, the, you know, looking at Richmond this afternoon after our, our review meetings and and look at what what can be done. But you know, it's about him and it's about the rest of the team. It's about the whole team. Richmond Footy Club aren't just about Dusty. He's a very important part about it of it. But he's, you know, there's plenty of others that are very very good as well. He's a very 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 important part of it. I would have thought Joel Longmire. How good is he at keeping his cards very very close to his chest? They've got to tag him, don't they? I reckon Geelong will be. If Mark O'Connor. Uh, stays in the team. You could lock him in for tagging Dustin Martin, surely, if they meet uh, in an important game later in the season. And his job on locking in, or maybe that's just another reminder to the tagging brigade of which Kane Corns is the captain thereof. Just some of your texts going into bat for Sam Reid, the GWS uh, defender, who just got the two weeks for his hit on Nat Fife. I don't know what everyone is seeing off the text. Fife ran into Reid. Reid just stood his ground. I don't think he should have been suspended at all. And this one from Rob. Can't believe Sam Reid got weeks going to turn into soccer where everyone's falling down because they don't want to get a penalty. Didn't make contact to the head. Nothing to answer for. Robert, didn't make contact to the head. Jeez, he nearly knocked it off his shoulders, Rob. What what have you been watching? Gee whiz, am I in the minority or the majority here? I thought Sam Reid was lucky, but hey... It's opinion. Everyone's got one, and I want to hear them right throughout the rest of the show. one 736 736 0433981116 is the temper text number. We'll take a break. Back with the coach's corner, and just let this marinate. What has been grinding your gears over the weekend? We'll finish the show with that as well. You know what really grinds my gears? On SEN, your home of sport. Time on. 
Great to have your company on time on Sam Edmund with you up until 7 o'clock. Dean's just texting off the temper text. I know my Hawks are outclassed by the Tigers, but I liked what I saw for the Hawks going forward. CJ was magical all game. Dean, you could not take your eyes off him, could you? He took the game on, yes, he made the odd mistake, but don't you love seeing the young kids... Just try it on. Take the game on. Uh, don't argue to Dusty, too. Got many Hawks supporters up and about. You've got to love what CJ offers. And um, we really hope, fingers crossed anyway, for Will Day, too, who's been such a bright spark early in the season with that particular injury. Um, yeah, I agree with you. A lot to like about the Hawks. So let's get to the coach's corner, shall we? As I said off the top, it's a chance for us to revisit some of the press conferences that don't get a lot of airplay. Lost in the washing machine that is the typical uh, footy weekend round by round. And they're far more, I think, eye-opening than the coaches you get uh, and the press conferences you get when everything's settled down later on in the week. So let's work our way through six to seven of these, shall we? Because some of them are pretty pertinent. Let's start with Essendon, who we spoke about earlier and the injury issues they've got. Well, they're zip and two, and Ben Rutten addressed the loss and uh, a pretty haunting loss it was to the ha- at the hands of Port Adelaide at the weekend. Some of the ball movement and the free-flowingness out of contest and the and stoppages in particular didn't give our defenders a whole heap of chance sometimes um, so we need to stiffen up around the ball and win more of our share they were really clean over the ball their method out from stoppage and contest was as certainly as good as we've faced this season um, and for us it's it's given our guys a really good look at the, the at the gap and the level that we're striving for um, there's you know as good a team as there is around in the comp at the moment and that's what we need to um, to get to. And he has based his philosophy on defence, hasn't he, Ben Rutten? So this would be really haunting him at the moment. As I say, conceded 10 goals in the second half against the Hawks in round one, 29 scoring shots at the hands of Port Adelaide. And there was a pretty alarming piece of play with, with Connor Rosie just outworking. Sorry, Connor Rosie. Zach Butters outworking so many Essendon opponents to uh, get down to the attacking end of the ground. What about the Hawks? We're talking about whether the Sydney Swans would tag Dustin Martin. Well, Hawthorne went with the oldest player in the competition, if you don't mind, in Sean Burgon. I think it was James Warple at the bounce at the stoppage and then Burgoyne around the ground. It did blunt Dusty's impact. Mind you, he did have game-high numbers in about four statistical categories for good measure, Dustin Martin. But Alistair Clarkson spoke about his choice of matchup for the Richmond superstar after Hawthorne's loss to the Tigers. Yeah, well, um, Dustin's still got got touches, but he was a little bit like the Richmond side altogether. You know, it, it sounds like I'm being critical of them. I'm pleased with the way that we defended. We um, recognise that... Um, that they play with game with waves and forward handballs and overlap, and uh, I didn't feel like they were able to play their normal type of game. So, um, yeah, Sean being on Dustin was an important part of that for us. That um, Dustin got, uh, I think he got a goal from a centre bounce. He, he, he didn't, he didn't play terribly by any means. He was still a contributor for the Richmond side, but. It, um, I don't think it was your typical Dustin game where you just came out of that game saying, "Oh, he was clearly best on ground" because that wasn't the case. Um, so um, that was uh, that was that was pleasing for us that uh, we were able to disturb the way that they played. 
I think that's fair. Simon's texting from Mansfield. Lovely part of the world there, Simon. Sam, the Swans can win on Saturday against Richmond as they have the perfect dusty matchup in Callum Mills. He can play midfield as well as being a great one-on-one defender when Dusty goes forward. Simon, that might be true, but, geez, I like Callum Mills, the ball winner, as opposed to Callum Mills, the stopper. Uh, so much to like about Callum Mills' evolution as a player, isn't there? And uh, especially in the midfield when he's given the licence. Not sure if it's a licence, sadly, that we're going to see every week. So maybe you're onto something here, Simon, but I like him at the coalface winning possession first for his side. Going to be a super player, isn't he, if he isn't already? GWS... So, geez, there's a lot of concerns at the Giants who couldn't get the job done for the second week in a row. Overrun in round one at home against the Saints. Never in it against an undermanned Fremantle side. And, and Leon Cameron spoke about the loss out west afterwards. I said at the start of the year that we wanted to be hard to play against and today we weren't. Um, we were hard to play against last week. Pre-season, I thought we were making some ground, but today we weren't hard, we weren't hard to play against. Their mids... You know, probably took our mids to the sword. Um, And then our ball use was just not up to scratch and we made some fundamental errors, turned the ball over between the arcs and they just punished us. And um, some of those were really poor mistakes and they clearly killed us on uh, turnover. Let's be honest, we're pretty lucky that they didn't kick straight. Will it take a bit of a dent today? Yes, it will, but we'll review really hard and honest because we have to because you can't have it performances like that, we've only got ourselves to blame. Have GWS just wasted the premiership window? I mean, there's a big, big sound coming from the west of the town, all right. They're the alarm bells ringing loud and clear. I mean, they've held firm on Leon Cameron in September. He signed that two-year deal. They've been locked in step with Leon Cameron and committed to him. But there was a player exodus after last season. They've conceded 32 shots at goal from a weakened Fremantle side. Overrun at home by the Saints, as I say. The Saints are missing as many as seven walk-up regulars, and I know GWS have got a couple out as well, but everyone keeps leaving at GWS. They're being raided. The boat's taking water, and they can't bail the water out quick enough. They blood and develop these draftees, but just as they're coming good and maturing, they leave, and the club is compensated with picks, and the cycle repeats and repeats and repeats. Jeez, where do you assess GWS? one I tell you what, while they were a, a tad doom and gloom out west, wasn't there a bright spark, a flash of lightning that lit up Marvel Stadium at the weekend? He goes by the name Cozzy, Kazai Pickett, and Simon Goodwin was asked about him after their win against the Saints. Cozzy Pickett's going particularly at <laughs> What do you think, Pete? <laughs> yeah, it is, you know... Um, you know, I took my young lad to the footy a lot, you know, and used to watch Cyril Rioli. I'm not making comparisons to Cyril, but, you know, I used to take him to because he was worth coming to watch. And I think that's what the Melbourne supporters would love about Cozzy too. You know, he's, you know, you sit there on the sidelines coach and you, you love watching him play. So, um, yeah, you know, he's, he's still got a lot to learn um, and get better at, but he's, uh, he's a good player. Certainly is. If you saw that game, a, a bit like CJ, wasn't it, at Hawthorne? You just could not take your eyes off Cozzy Pick. And every time he went near the ball, something would happen. He is exactly what that side needed. A spark inside 50, a player who makes something happen out of nothing. And he'll be worth the, worth, uh, the price of admission, as they say. Geez, he's uh, going to be a super player, Cozzy Pickett. North Melbourne, they could do with a few Cozzy Pickets, couldn't they? They've got some issues. And David Noble, the new coach, was asked about their latest defeat at the weekend. Oh, well, we've got to learn. You know, we've got to continue to learn how we, you know, apply ourselves to a game for four quarters. 
Well, we're doing it in bits and pieces at the moment, and then when we turn the ball over and we, you know, I thought we fumbled the ball a lot tonight. You know, the ground gets really slippery up here, as I know, but I just didn't think we were sure over the ball. We didn't spend enough time over the ball, and you give teams that are going to play fast an opportunity to score, which isn't acceptable. And that's what happened. So, yeah, it was disappointing. I thought there were some times we didn't really compete with the ball, which isn't acceptable. Um, and there were little glimpses again through the through the night as to to what our members can look forward to going forward. But we've just got to continue to keep chipping away and learn as we go. Swept aside by the Suns, weren't they? And now they've got the Good Friday clash, the, the marquee game that they've desperately wanted to have year upon year, and it's against the Western Bulldogs. So, gee whiz, on paper, this uh, has daunting written all over it for North Melbourne. They do get Ben Cunnington back at least. But, geez, you'd have to assume he'd be somewhat underdone. It'll be his first uh, match of the season, of course, after coming back from a concussion, which has kept him out since an intra-club match in the pre-season. Richmond and Sydney, as I mentioned, going to be a fascinating game. The Tigers getting over the Hawks. Well, Damien Hardwick was asked all about the Swans after this game against Hawthorne. He started off with some praise. You and Horse had a... <laughs> I knew you'd bring that up. <laughs> we made up, man, Horse. We made up. No, he's, uh... Will you pick up the phone this week to praise him on the attacking stop? <laughs> no, well, geez, they're kicking goals, aren't they? So, um... Oh, look, that was, it was something last year. I was out of line and, you know, I expressed my remorse and our horse takes it as you know, well as he can sort of thing. But, you know, end of the day, they're two and zip versus us two and zip. So it's going to be a great game. They were filthy, the Swans, last year after this game. They were accused of um, clogging the game up, of playing ugly football by Damien Arwick, of putting numbers back. And the Swans are saying we were just simply keeping loose Geelong um, Richmond defenders accountable. If you don't remember, this is what Damien Hardwick had to say last year after that game against the Swans. Oh, it was a horrendous game of football, there's no doubt about that. It was hard to watch, it was hard to play, it was just incredibly frustrating and, you know, you have a lot of players in one, one D50, they can't get out and we can't score, so horrible game of football. You know, I didn't think we were much chance of scoring, but they were no chance of scoring. I think they got two goals from 50 metre penalties, but outside of that, they kicked one goal for the game. We set up the game to try and win it and not to lose. There you go, that was uh, 12 months ago, Damien Hardwick. Just uh, sets the scene for a fascinating game. Richmond and the ever-improving Swans this weekend at the MCG. Time for a break. After that, we're going to get into a bit of grind my gears. Have you got something that's bothering you from the weekend of football? It might be Sam Reid. It might be Gary Rowan. It might be the umpiring concerning Mark Blitzows. It might be... Brisbane. It might be COVID. It could be anything. You're welcome to give us your thoughts on Grind My Gears. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Get yourself in line. Have your Monday vent right after this. On SEN, your home of sport. Time on. You know what really grinds my gears? No! God, please, no! No! I just think somebody owes us an explanation. That's all. Are you too good for your home? Answer me! Yes, time for a bit of grinds my gears on time on. It might be grow to become my favourite part of the show. And you know what grinds my gears? Brisbane Lions not training at their spiritual home. Port Melbourne for a training session. They might have a good Borough Burger during the game, nothing during the week. What are they doing there? This is a great opportunity to be training at your spiritual home, the Brunswick Street Oval. Bring it back to the line, the Fitzroy Lions. The Fitzroy Reds still play there in the amateurs. There's a cheer squad that still goes there. Gee whiz, why didn't they get down to Brunswick Street? That really, really grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? What about you out there? one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 is our number. That's exactly the number, funnily enough, that Brett has rung from St Albans. Thanks for doing so. Brett, what grinds your gears, mate? 
Oh, no worries, Sammy. Hey, you know what really grinds my gears, mate? What? Fair income. Music after every goal. It is doing my head in. It's not the big bash. Uh, in the Fremantle GWS game, they played the same song, Thunderstruck, after every goal. <laughs> I love the song, but not after every goal, especially when there's 20 of them. And, Brett, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not every venue that's doing this, is it? I don't think the MCG are playing music after goals. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it might be a Horses for Courses venue around uh, around the country. Do you know that? Oh, it might be, but nick it off anyway. I, I, I'm a North supporter, so I don't get much of a look in at the MCG. <laughs> I only... I only go by what I hear on Fox or, or Channel 7. You might be so happy to hear... anyone can confirm that. <laughs> you might be happy to hear anything after a goal at this rate, Brett. Good luck with you. Thanks for calling into time on. Ryan's out in Roville. Ryan, what's grinding your gears? Hey, Sam. How you going? Good, mate. Uh, you know what grinds my gears, Sam? What, mate? The weekend coaches in the crowd. I'm a Bulldog supporter, and round one we came up against Arsenal, uh, Roughhead and Howe. Pretty good intercept defenders, then West Coast for us and McGovern. Mm. And everyone in the crowd just wants to yell out, just bomb it long, bomb it long. But when we bomb it long and it turns over, everyone complains. Like, whatever we want us to do? Too many... It's so frustrating when they're in the crowd. Too many armchair experts, Rhino? Yeah, 100%. I just think that, um, especially when you're going up against intercept defenders like that, you just need to look at what's going on and understand that you know if you bomb it in every time you're just going to get intercepted oh you're supporting a pretty sexy side there i reckon though ryan they're a good looking side the western bulldogs very easy on the eye i love the way they play their game stop looking at me like that rod sean's in uh wallen how you doing there shorty how's it going hey going well you know it's really grinds my gears i'd love to know every every single week tom hawkins in the rock in the forward line oh yes Every single ruckman engages with body contact with him. He's too strong. He's too big. Stop trying to outmuscle him, because all he's going to do is shrug you off, and he's going to snap a goal. It's not hard. Stay off him, and then all of a sudden, when the ball comes up, then engage him. Ah. Don't sit on him. Don't stand Don't next to him, him, Sean. That's it. Take a Don't running touch jump. Him into the ball. That's it. Jeez, it's not like teams can not be talking about this either, Sean, because he's been doing it for a long time, and as you say, he's frightfully good at it. Yeah, he's far too good at it. Just sit off him. It's not hard. No, good on you. Appreciate your call, Sean. You know what else grinds my gears, by the way, a little late entrant, is I'm all for the game being fast and less time for stoppages and less sort of dead minutes. But is it just me, or are players being told to play on so, so quickly at the moment? The player with the ball's only got to move his eyebrows to the left or to the right, and it's play on. It's like he's barely got back off the mark. There are a couple on the weekend. I felt a bit of sympathy for the player with the ball who's barely had five seconds, I reckon, to make up his mind, and he's, if at all, deviated off the line. It's uh, by millimetres. Uh, Travis is texting, George Hewitt will follow Dustin Martin all game. Plenty of you having your say on Sam Reid. Some of you going into bat for Sam Reid. Ryan in back of Smash. Few blokes seem to have no idea. Maybe they have run into Sammy Reid's shoulder as well. Roy in Templestow. No love lost for my beloved Eagles. Sad to lose, but good things to come out of it. Like Nick Nat. How good was Nick Nat? What a wrecking ball Nick Nat is. Liam Ryan's goal. Wowee. Watch out when the Boots and Elliot Yo is back. Do they have some quality to come back? You're absolutely right. GWS, Dean says, were the Ferrari of the AFL. Famously, they were. 
Now there'd be like an Oldsmobile. That's the gift that keeps giving, doesn't it? Ferrari being the uh, the GWS being the Ferrari of the AFL. Before we wrap up, Chris Fagan, we might play this quickly. Uh, spoke today on Thursday's relocated game against Collingwood at Marvel Stadium. You know, we're just looking forward to the game on Thursday, wherever that may be. That's sort of our, our focus. So it hasn't. No, they've all got smiles on their faces, and uh, you know, looking forward to the opportunity. Yeah, I bought four pairs of jocks for me, so uh, <laughs> I'll need to find a laundry today. So no, we'll we'll do whatever's required. He might have bought four pairs with him, but a lot of players didn't. There was a big, big W shopping spree. I'm told socks, jocks, the lot. They loaded up down there. All jokes aside, they might be here for some time, Brisbane. I expect they'll be here for a while post-Collingwood as well. But we watch those numbers, won't we, and keep our fingers crossed when it comes to the, uh, I guess, the detection and the spread of COVID-19 in the Brisbane uh, CBD and where it goes from here. Four new cases today. Hopefully they can get on top of it quickly. You've been listening to Time On. Sam Edmund with you each and every Monday throughout the footy season. Look forward to it all this time next week. We'll see you at 6 o'clock. Have a great week. Speak to you soon. It's Ty Power's Big Footy Final Sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy Final Sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.